This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. So first and foremost, and I think that's most important, I think we didn't deserve to win tonight, to be honest. Um, we didn't play good enough for that. Um, and that's maybe the, my, my, my first concern, but, uh, what, what I think about that we, um, especially in the first half, we didn't play well, good enough football. If you want to go to the semifinals, and that's absolutely okay and fair, you have to deserve it with the performance you put on the pitch. So, and tonight we were not good enough to win this game. But only good news is there's another game where, where we where we where we saw that. But it's not like we have an advantage now. We are under pressure, of course, and we have to show that we can deal with that. And it's not that I sit here and think, ah, we are the comebacks with our thing. We do that all the time. We had from time to time. We always had then supporters in the stadium. We don't have that this time. So I don't know if we can do it, but I can promise you we will give it a proper try. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. All right, that was Jurgen Klopp. Very frank assessment of what happened to Liverpool in midweek. Welcome to On the Ball, the Friday show with me, Ross. And the guys, Craig Marias is here. What's up, Craig? Hello, hello. I know for a fact Craig watched Man United early Friday morning, so kudos for him still being awake joining us. <laughs> Bob Holmes is also here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. I didn't watch it, but I've seen the highlights. <laughs> Bob's just a proper pro he is. And uh, Des Corkill is also here. Speaking of pros. Hello, Des. Uh, not a great week for Liverpoolians of a red persuasion, was it? Never mind. Even even the blue ones aren't too happy either. Um, nah, they're always miserable. <laughs> <laughs> tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We're all available individually on Twitter as well. So search us out and speak to us. Right, let's clear up the midweek Champions League. We heard Jurgen Klopp at the start. Real Madrid 3 Liverpool won. Klopp's assessment was that Liverpool made it too easy for Real Madrid to win, Bob Holmes. They certainly did, didn't they? Uh, It's the worst Liverpool performance I've seen in a very long time. Made me think that Roy Hodgson was back managing. Honestly, they they just didn't turn up, did they? They um, were shadows of their old selves. And I think it was very hard uh, for Liverpool fans to take after the showing against Arsenal yeah. when they looked uh, they looked quite decent. But I think now we realise actually Arsenal are a pretty poor side <laughs> and they were uh, flattering to deceive. But I think that contributed to the sense of uh, disappointment because hopes were reasonably high. I think it was a, a sort of a 50-50 game. Yeah. And, um, you know, if things had gone Liverpool's way and all that, you know, they, they, you would fancy them. And, of course, still the title is, is still uh, there, the, the trophy, I should say. Um, but I think Klopp got it wrong. He, he picked the wrong team. And the team didn't turn up. I was amazed. You're you're alluding to Cater starting instead of, yeah. Yeah. Why else would you buy Thiago if not for these type of games, Bob? Exactly. I mean, I didn't hear the preamble and it took me a couple of minutes to realize that um, what the team was and because I watched the recording, I couldn't believe that Thiago wasn't injured. I mean, he's not been playing as well as we expected him to play. But to pick Cater ahead of him for this game, after Thiago and Fabinho had developed some sort of understanding against Arsenal, and that 
that was building up into a nice partnership in midfield. Uh, then to uh, leave Thiago out at the start and play Keita, who really has been a monumental disappointment. I think we can't continue to forgive him. They waited a year for him to sign. He's been there three years and he's done nothing. And to choose him for a, a big match like this was incredible. And I think, uh, you know, it's reflected on all the Liverpool sites. Klopp got that badly wrong and they never really recovered from it, did they? No. Uh, okay. Um, Des, I'll come to you in a sec. First, let's talk up, let's big up Real Madrid. After all, it was a good win, Craig. They went into it without their two central defenders. So they were also shown. But we were saying just before this, how good that midfield, Tony Cruz and Luka Modric and Casemiro are. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a fantastic midfield technically. Um, I think, you know, when you look at Modric, when you look at Cruz, I mean, they're not in their prime anymore. You know, they've been around for a while. They've got a lot of experience. Um, but, you know, they just probably don't have those that, that kind of legs. But what they do have is intelligence and the know-how um, in these big matches. And, and they control the midfield. Um, yeah. But again, you know, go. I mean, it's hard not to go back to what uh, Bob was saying. You know, that, that midfield uh, for Liverpool was just not there. Um, and it was easy to overrun. It was easy yeah. to dominate that midfield. Um, you know, they had so much time. I mean, you talk about the uh, the first goal. You know, I mean, Tony Cruz has got you know all the time in the world to pick out that that pass um, and that run of Vinicius. And um, you know, they they got what they deserve, Liverpool. You know, like like Bob said, you know, horribly wrong uh, team selection. I mean. Another one, I know Keita is the, the, the obvious one, you know, and, and let's not forget, they spent 50 million on him, yeah. 50 million on him, and Fred gets a lot of stick, and, um, you know, everyone kind of puts that Keita thing under the carpet, but, I mean, it, it's been a horror signing, if any. Um, but uh, let's not forget Curtis Jones. Uh, I mean, th this he's been really good for Liverpool this season, you know, a big, big talent, local boy. Um, I would have thought they would they, they could have done with him in midfield as well. His energy, his his um, you know you look at Real Madrid they, they're using Asensio uh, uh, in that mid midfield yeah. uh, alongside Cruz and Modric. You know, uh, the, Liverpool could have done exactly the same. You know, Fabinho holding um, and then have Thiago um, either alongside him as a double pivot or um, and Curtis Jones in front or play the two in front of Fabinho. Um, so I just thought, you know, selection-wise, it was weird. Um, but, you know, credit to Real Madrid. You know, they took their chances when it came. Um, and But it's hard not to to say that Liverpool gifted them the first two goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold had one of his horror shows. I, I, I don't think Gareth Southgate is smirking somewhere, yeah. but you know what I mean? Um, but, but, I mean, it, I mean, it's was, it was just that, I mean, because he's been a hot topic this week. Yeah, he, exactly. Coming into the game, yeah. he's been a hot topic. If you go back to the Carragher and the Neville's um, uh, Monday Night Football show, um, he, he was the, the main thing, you know, and, and everyone's saying, you know, uh, because of the game against Arsenal, you know, Gareth Southgate was wrong to drop him and everything. But then you see the other side of him, you know, great going forward. There's no doubt about that quality on the ball, but defensively suspect. All right, we're spending way too much time on just the one match, but I'll have to come to Des and ask, can Liverpool turn it around in the second leg, Des? And not on that showing and uh, not at Anfield. We've only scored once at Anfield in 2021 and we need two against Madrid. So uh, there's, a, there's a kind of a problem. What is it with Liverpool and Madrid? We, we, we just don't seem to turn up against either Atletico or, or Real. Um, I'm, I'm actually... 
it's you you make small percentage losses all over the pitch and it affects you everywhere. Keita's getting all, all the stick, but I'm actually looking at, um, without blaming Nat Phillips, if Nat Phillips is Virgil van Dijk, the first goal doesn't happen because van Dijk is sideways and backwards and is tracking the run just a little bit better. Phillips reacts instantaneously too slowly, by which time it's too late at the top level because Cruz has bypassed midfield and picked him out. Trent Alexander-Arnold for the second. It, it, it is a bad mistake, but Alexander-Arnold has played like that for, for three or four years. He loves to get forward, and sometimes he'll misjudge a ball, play directly either inside him or outside him, will try and get a nick or a touch. Hasn't quite worked out because he's not a defender first and foremost. And you've got those two long balls within about six or seven minutes of each other, and the whole game plan disappears. You don't mind seeding possession in midfield, but if you lose two goals over long balls, it's it's not it's not great. So so I'm, yeah, Keita wasn't superb, but Nat Phillips is he's not an international quality uh, defender. That's not blaming him, but that's just the fact that once you go into these top levels. It's very, very rare to, to, to get away with having a average to good player at centre-back rather than a, a world-class player. So, yeah, is it, is it catchable? Yes, of course, it's catchable. Liverpool have got a spirit about them, but uh, gosh, they've made life difficult for themselves. And the third goal, Alisson has made that save a thousand times before in, in, in his career. This one, he's just slightly low on the ball. Vinicius maybe doesn't hit it as sweetly as he'd like, and Alisson's reacted, and it's, he's got two hands to the ball, and it's gone in. So all three goals, eminently preventable. Um, and there, therein lies the difference between a hey, that's a, a decent away performance on a Subutio pitch against uh, hey, this is um, uh, the, the, this is a, a nightmare travesty, as Bob suggests, way over the top, worst performance of, of Liverpool, way, way, way over the top. It's the little margins that hurt us. I, I blame Alison's moustache. I reckon if you want to look like Bob, Bob Burgundy, Burgundy. <laughs> David Seaman all over again, isn't it? David Seaman all over again. <laughs> Seaman all over again. Uh, all right, let, let's clear up the other the other football in midweek. Man City have one foot, or maybe a few toes, into the semi-finals. They were two-one victors over Dortmund. But Bob, if you watch this game, watch the highlights, you know that Dortmund were done out of Jude Bellingham in particular. Were were, were just had a perfectly good goal chalked off. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think you've got to uh, hand over to Des on this one. Um, his favourite uh, VAR wasn't even used. And you have to ask, why not? Yeah. I mean, if it's there, well, isn't the whole point of VAR to be used and to correct howlers like that? It was a howler. It wasn't quite in the Maradona-Lampard league, but it was a howler. Everybody could see it. And all it needed was uh, just some, another pair of eyes just to, say, uh, just to spot it and tell the ref, you've made a mistake, that's a goal. And uh, it wasn't used because the ref had blown a second before the ball had gone into the net and therefore it couldn't be used. Some, some complicated ridiculous. regulation. <laughs> but wh whatever it is, it, it's ridiculous. So uh, I think that City not only because of that, but primarily because of that. City were, were a bit fortunate yeah. to get the lead. Dortmund surprised them. They were a lot better than City had been expecting. Dortmund have not been playing very well in the Bundesliga, and it seems as if they've been saving this performance up for the Champions League. 
because uh, they match City, um, not in possession, no one ever does, but they gave them a good game and they're not out of this by any means. Yeah. Um, they City managed to get the, the lead at the end, but um, it's a very slender one. And you know what City are like in, in quarterfinals? Uh, the old City-itis seems to recur even with uh, this setup they have. But um, a very entertaining game. And uh, Haaland, who was, we talked all about all the week, had been talking about Haaland, wasn't quite at his best, but um, there's another game to come. Whether that was an audition for Pep Guardiola or not, he probably, probably didn't pass it. But um, because he wasn't that brilliant on the night. Mm. But I mean, you know, anybody, anybody's in, entitled to uh, an average sort of night by his high standards. And there's 90 minutes to come. Yeah. So I think there's all I think it's 50 50, quite frankly, that game. Um, that ha- tie. Harlan was was good enough for the officials to want his autograph after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we, we've got to quickly move on and, and talk about Chelsea. It's been a testing hey, Ross, time. Sorry, Ross, sorry. You've got to put that referee thing into context. That's very unfair on the referee. He's okay. purely for a charity. It's not him autograph hunting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got okay. money for a lot of charity. That's that's pretty naughty of you to, to to not put that into context. Yeah, but but then you you don't forgive that the ref for that disallowed. It, yeah, well, goal. can we also say uh, VAR came into very good use um, in terms of the penalty decision as well. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the one yeah. which was a yeah. kick to the head. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm not letting this leave either. I, I, I thought there was nothing, um, uh, there was nothing wrong with the decision. Uh, in, 20, in 2021, that is a high challenge. I, I, I agree. It's, in no 20, contact. Uh, it's a high challenge. Yeah, it's, but you don't need contact anymore. The laws have changed. But there's, the there's the when the go, when the goalie takes a touch I, instead of clearing it first time, he invites but, a challenge. No, no, no. Does, this but is the, the challenge the comes in. No, oh, no, okay, no, no. Okay. Sorry, I'm talking about I'm talking about the uh, disallowed goal. The disallowed goal. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. I was talking so, about the penalty. So, no, no, the penalty. Yeah. The penalty. I'm with. I'm with you. But the, the laws have changed, and um, I disagree with the laws. I think uh, non-contact has happened with the Edison goal is there, but they're saying there's a possibility that a gust of wind might have uh, slightly grazed uh, the goalkeeper. So therefore, <laughs> it's uh, a red card, a penalty, and automatic death. By firing squad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. We're we're rapidly running out of time. Say something nice about Chelsea. They've had a hard time recently, tonked by West Brom. Then there was the Kappa Rudiger bust up on Sunday. Apparently, kissed and made up. Uh, Went to Sevilla, beat Porto. Going back to Sevilla next week to, to finish off the job, Craig. Can they do it? Yeah, uh, one good thing to say about Chelsea, Mason Mount. Mm. Um, I mm. mean, that, I think that that's uh, good enough to, yeah, to round yeah. it up. What a player he's becoming! Um, seriously, you know, I've been I've been hyping this boy <laughs> up for, um, yeah, yeah, for quite a while, as, <laughs> as you know. But he just keeps delivering, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, whether it's off the bench, uh, as it was on the weekend, uh, whether when he starts, I mean, that turn, I mean, just sold the defender and, and a great finish after. Um, Chelsea effective again, you know, I mean, let's take that West Brom game aside. Um, I think it was, you know, with the red card and everything and end up being a, a bit of a freak result. But I mean, it, it's what you expect, you know, solid defending by Chelsea. Uh, Nicky, well, they've nicked a couple of goals in, in this instance, but um, it's what you'd expect a, a Tuchel side to do. And um, he, he's doing a great job there. Um, I think we all 
uh, got drawn into to the fantastic form and uh, we didn't see what was coming um, over last weekend, but I think it was just a, a one-off uh, kind of instance. Um, yeah, big Sam saw, big Sam saw, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not complaining either. But um, yeah, I, I honestly think um, he, he, he might be the real deal in terms of, of getting Chelsea uh, to a consistent level. Um, not exciting to watch, not great to watch, but effective football. All right. Chelsea, maybe one foot in the semis in the Europa. Man United beat Granada 2-0, thanks to Rashford and uh, uh, Fernandes' penalty. And Arsenal, let's slip at home. Penalty. <laughs> it was a poke Again. in the eye. It was a poke in the eye. Uh, Arsenal, let's slip a uh, uh, lead at home to Slavia Prague. Last minute equaliser. So that's 1-1 going into next week. We're going into a break. When we come back, we're going to start previewing the weekend for you. Has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Thanks for sticking with us. The Premier League season is, is soon coming to a close. Just a handful of matches left. Can you believe it? Uh, early kickoff on Saturday is Man City, top of the table, taking on Leeds United in 11th. Uh, Bob, only a set of really extremely incredible events. If they all occurred at once, then maybe City won't win the Premier League title. Uh, well, I'm thinking I earthquake, think you, you... tsunami, COVID-2, <laughs> everything thrown in. That's it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the title is theirs and they'll be concentrating. Uh, well, at least they'll have one eye on the uh, clash with uh, Dortmund. So uh, how, do you, uh, how do you approach uh, a game against Bielsa's? You know they'll be up for it. I mean, if you're Pep, you're going into this one. How serious can your players take it? Do you know what I mean? Well, they've got to be serious. I mean, they're, they're, um, they've got a squad on which they've spent uh, half a billion pounds. Um, they should be able to handle this. Let's face it, Pep, the most decorated manager in the business. Um, I, I, I'm not having any sympathy for them, but they do have an important game coming up in three or four days' time. Uh, more important than this one. Yeah. Whether they take this one as seriously as they should is uh, open to a little bit of doubt because psychologically players know, it doesn't matter what the manager tells them, they know that the Champions League is the priority. They've got the title. They could afford to lose this game. I mean, they would hate to do so. Pep would hate it. But they can afford to lose this game as long as they beat Dortmund and carry on win the Champions League, they've already won the, the league title. It's, it's done and dusted. They, they can afford to lose two or three games. They've still got it. There's not going to be any panic there. I'm not saying they, they pick a reserve team here, but they've got the squad and Pep will know how to juggle it. And, but they've got to make sure they're in top form for that Dortmund game um, on, uh, on Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. An extra day. Yeah. Uh, so, but... There they are. I mean, you know, you could pick any city side. We've been saying all season, it doesn't matter who Pep picks. You know, they seem to fit in. It's a passing carousel. And, you know, it can be changed quite considerably. And yet they seem to be able to find each other. So I, um, it could be a very entertaining game with this, uh, with Leeds, as the, the first game was uh, yeah. in the season. 
Yeah, speaking as an FPL manager, I, I personally I'm going to sell all City players because you just don't know when they will play. <laughs> but, uh, okay, uh, Des, how can Leeds win this? Can Leeds win this if City take an eye off, or or, or have they got the manpower and and the system to beat City? Uh, it needs Manchester City not to turn up. It needs the Manchester City have both eyes and a pair of glasses on the Dortmund away <laughs> game. Um, uh, this this is I, I'm always incredibly impressed by Manchester City. Yeah, they've got this incredible amount of money to spend. Uh, that's not a guarantee. It certainly helps, but it's not a guarantee that you'll produce this sublime football. But they produce this sublime football with or without a centre forward, um, yeah. with uh, with or without three up front. Uh, they're, they're, they're solid defensively. They don't make defensive mistakes, which is what we identified early on in the season as a that they. they they don't concede cheap goals, um, whoever the centre-back pairing is, which last season they did concede cheap goals at. Um, so, no, Leeds, Leeds will battle and Leeds will be fun. And Man City will, will win a thriller. And we'll talk about Leeds in glowing terms afterwards, but they'll get no points. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> perhaps what the, the fact that uh, Leeds are an attacking team, they do come at you, play football, that all kind of works even more in City's favour, Craig. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if, if Leeds are going to fly out and exactly. you know, have, a, have a go at City, I mean, it, it's just tailor-made for for their quick players, you know. Um, I want a 6-5. I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. 6-5 <laughs> with, with all our FPL assets playing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, going back to what you said, you made a very good point, actually, Ross. You know, um, you know how many of these players are going to be rested? Um like Bob said, you know, the league's sewn up. Um, are, are they going to give, you know, your Ferran Torres as a run out? You know, Aguero's coming to the end of his city career. Um, you know, will he get some extra game time, um, as we saw last week? Um, so, so there are a lot of things um, that, that we have to consider, um, you know, for this. But, you know, regardless of which team City put out, you know, you, you can't see anything other than the City win. All right. Leeds have already betted their 2001-2002 points tally. Uh, they have recorded seven away victories in the league this term. It is the early Saturday kickoff. Man City versus Leeds is first versus 11th. Liverpool in seventh. Seven. <laughs> Take on Aston Villa. Who's got seven? Seven. <laughs> Against them uh, at Anfield. I I'm coming to you first, Des, because you have been building up to this one weeks ago, saying there's payback due here, there's payback. But then things aren't going so well at the moment. That Arsenal victory was was terrific. That was Liverpool almost back to, to their best, admittedly, against a, 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 a eunuch like Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool were terrific. Just, just a point, there have been 35 goals scored in the last seven matches uh, in, in, in this fixture, it's, it rains goals galore. And that 7-2 at uh, Villa Park was the, the first of the, the ridiculous, crazy, uh, moronic set of results that have taken place. This, that was, that uh, was this the same week. weekend as United 6-1 taunting by Spurs. Yeah, That's right, yeah, United 6-1 first and then Liverpool a yeah. couple of minutes later. Crazy. Um, so, so it's, it's zero predictions, but Liverpool, um, Real Madrid aside, uh, Liverpool's, uh, it's important for them to get the top four. That performance against Arsenal was excellent. Not just the goals in the second half, but the first half, um, which was frustrating because we uh, Liverpool didn't get the, the goals that their, their play merited. Um, Villa, a decent, they had come from behind 3-1 uh, last week. 
suggest that they are still fighting for a top six. They're not far off it. If they were to win this game, they moved within two points of Tottenham and a, a potential European place. So important for both. But I just feel domestically Liverpool have turned that corner um, and they will have a strong running. Whether it's good enough to get top four, uh, we'll wait and see. But I think they're definitely now in with a fighting chance. Plus... There's that seven two just to get out of the system. It um, <laughs> it burns a hole. It burns a hole. Aston Villa and Dean Smith's biggest concern will be the fitness of Jack Grealish. Um, he was due back last week. Apparently, a bit of a problem came up. So hopefully, he's back to return. But Trezeguet may have played himself into the starting eleven. Came on as a sub, scored a couple of goals. Bob, I mean, I know Villa won last time, but they 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 way second favourites in this tie. How do you think Aston Villa can pull off the double? Well, uh, you say way, way second favourites. I mean, on paper, perhaps. But the fact that Liverpool have lost the last six games at Anfield, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But, um, you know, uh, that's the the truth. Uh, There won't be any uh, help from the fans. And... uh, they, they know they lost 7-2 before the injury crisis occurred. Uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, was playing in that game. It was dismissed as a freak result, really, at the time. And it probably was. It was um, early, early days in the resumption of the season. And as you said, there was another freak result with Spurs beating United 6-1 in the same weekend. And um, yeah, it dismissed as a freak. But it's still, as Des says, it's still sort of there in the mind. I mean, losing 7-2 when you're champions, uh, it, it takes some getting over. So there will be a desire from those players to um, put that one to bed if it's possible. Uh, it, it will be a tricky one because, again, they will have, just like City, they will have uh, eyes on the Real Madrid game coming up yeah. in midweek about, uh, also at Anfield again no fans uh, I think it's fair to say Liverpool are suffering more than anybody else from having no fans uh, that may strike people as a weakness but that's a tribute to the almost symbiotic relationship that Liverpool have with their fans and uh, you, take, you take the fans away and Liverpool are not quite the same uh, so this, this one, yeah, I, I think Liverpool will probably edge it by one goal. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the team clock picks for this. Uh, I think he's got to mix and match a bit. Curtis Jones, yes, he's become almost a forgotten figure in the last two or three games, hasn't he? Hasn't featured. Um, didn't even come on as a sub. Even Oxlade-Chamberlain seems to be uh, edging up the pecking order compared to him. But I think we'll see him start. And I think that energy and that dynamism that he brings, not to mention his goals, I think that's what Liverpool need. And I think, I think he could play in this game. And I think he'll play himself into the side that plays Real Madrid. So, yeah, good call, uh, Craig, uh, Curtis Jones. Mm. Nine is the record. Nine home defeats in a row in a season achieved by Sunderland. In 1946-1947. Surely Liverpool's not going for that one. It's a 10pm kickoff. Uh, Liverpool against Aston Villa. Payback time or the double? We're going for another break. 
Stick with us. More right after this. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if you'd make a difference. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Des Corkill, Bob Holmes and Craig Marias joining me this Friday evening to look forward to the EPL weekend. You can find us on Twitter. You can also tweet at BFM Radio. Uh, Follow us on social media as well. BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And whilst I'm here doing all this, I might as well tell you about TFIF on video. Big game happening in Spain this weekend, El Clasico. A very healthy chat on our vid, so do check it out. Right, on with the EPL then. Um, Crystal Palace in 12th, take on Chelsea in 5th. Sunday, half past midnight, this one kicks off. 38 points already in the bag. Crystal Palace are, let's face it, they're safe. Roy Hodgson has already got his feet up in Croydon with a cup of tea and the missus bringing the custard creams over. <laughs> That's a really good picture I just painted there. But Craig, I understand up to at least 10 Palace players could be playing for their futures in terms of contracts coming up, including the manager as well. So plenty to play for on their part. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I'm surprised this issue hasn't been resolved. I mean, they're really leaving it yeah. late. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I keep going back to what. How I'm do you saying. think they'll go? You you think a new direction? Try the Brighton way, play football. If you're asking me personally, I, I think yeah. I mean, I think Roy's done a good job. Is he going to take them to the next level? Probably not. Um, I, I think you know, at, at this at his age, he's you know he's you know pretty set in his ways. He's not going to be a progressive manager. He's not going to be introducing new ideas. Um, I think he's still got Ray Lewington by his side, and uh, he's been there for the <laughs> longest time. I mean, so it's so nothing new. Sorry, Ray was bringing the custard creams, not the missus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spends more time with Ray than he does with yeah. the missus. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at you know how, how football is slowly evolving, you know, you, you can see that Palace probably won't be um, kind of moving in that direction under Roy. Um, is it the right time to? Uh, to probably go in the direction, it, it'll probably be undeserved, um, you know, if I have to say it, because I think he's done a stable job there. Um, you know, there's never been any threat of relegation or this or that. The, the big thing for me is if, if you know, they go through another summer, uh, like they did the last, uh, what was it, two years ago, I think, um, and have that Wolford Zahar uh, kind of saga again. Oh, you know, they I will. They're lot... Every summer. They're every, every yeah. summer. Yeah. But a lot depends on him, you know, because... Uh, I think he's probably also getting to a stage where uh, I'm not sure if his contract's going to be up. In the it, not not next season. So he's not yeah. as urgent as the other 10, yeah. apparently. But, I mean, for, no, but it is urgent because that's when Palace need to make a decision when yeah. they want to cash in on, on him. Yeah. You know, because if they leave it late, they obviously don't, don't make as much from him. So, I mean, you're talking about a good £60 million pounds there at, at the very least. Um, so it's a lot of money for, for a club like Palace. Um, so important decisions need to be made at, at Palace this summer. It's a big, big summer for them. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think they've got American investors, don't they? American owners. Um, so, so they, you know, they've got a big decision uh, to make in terms of, um, I mean, it could be that they, they're actually going, going in a new direction, which is why they're not handing contracts out uh, to, to a lot of these players. Because at the back of their mind, you know, they, they feel a new manager comes in, probably won't want half of these players. 
um, and 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 that's what it is. So, mm. uh, but you know, you've got to give credit to Roy. He's done a good job. I think he's you know, Palace have always been stable, uh, good mid-table side, and that's as good as you can hope for. Do you think they can turn over Chelsea? No. Okay. No. From a Chelsea perspective, um, I I think the only thing maybe working in Palace's favour is Thomas Tuchel has never experienced an away day at Selhurst Park and the type of football that's called that that Crystal Palace will be bringing to the table here. However, Thomas Tuchel will be learning the words to can we play you every week? (laughs) Six wins on the bounce for Chelsea against Crystal Palace. Uh, If Chelsea take this remotely seriously, Crystal Palace will defend doggedly Try to keep it in. So, uh, concede the goal, and uh, what will really happen is that uh, Chelsea will, will score, uh, keep a clean sheet, and they'll improve their position at the top of the table. Palace, uh, you know, my thoughts on Palace. If they try to win games, I'm their biggest supporter because I love the underdog doing well. If they just try and sit back and absorb, which I fear they will, which will make this a relatively boring game, then, then I wouldn't cross the road to watch them. But uh, Chelsea... Patsy's, um, a Palace, a Chelsea's Patsy's, six wins in a row, a lot of goals as well. I could only see this going one way. It's a UK Saturday evening kickoff, early Sunday morning, half past midnight, Crystal Palace in 12th, Chelsea in 5th. Possibly the game that catches the eye the most this weekend. Um, West Ham in 4th, Leicester City in 3rd. Sunday, 9.05pm. Now, we've been going through the season saying, Hammers, if they're serious about European football, etc., etc. Bob, there's just a handful of games left now. <laughs> they're, they're fourth. Um, if they beat Leicester here, then they're pretty much a shoe-in for European football next year, aren't they? Yeah, some sort of European football. Yeah. Um, not not necessarily the top four. Um, But they've had a couple of uh, quite serious blows this week uh, in that uh, two of their best players, probably their two best players, uh, Declan Rice and Mikel Antonio, are injured. And they managed to beat uh, Wolves without Declan Rice, uh, which was quite something. But he's been... uh, an absolute standout this season and he's looking at possibly being out for a few weeks he might even miss the euros which would be a big blow to england but um antonio is not quite as serious although he keeps getting this hamstring problem which has uh, plagued him throughout his career so i think it has to be taken seriously He's not likely to play against Leicester and they don't really have a like-for-like replacement having sold Haller at a considerable loss early in the season. Um, they've got Jared Bowen, who's, um, who's not, uh, certainly not a like-for-like for Antonio, but does score goals and is in good form. Um, but he's not quite uh, an out-and-out striker. So they're going to be weakened But uh, the spirit they seem to have now, the fighting spirit that David Moyes has instilled and the defensive solidity is quite something. I mean, they're looking like Everton under David Moyes. Remember the decade or so, the dogs of war, uh, successors to the dogs of war anyway. So you can't dismiss them. So this is going to be an intriguing tussle. Are West Ham capable of hanging on without two of their best players. On are Leicester going to have their annual fade? That's the question. 
West Ham's ace in the pack is one Jesse Lingardino. Eight matches, <laughs> six goals, four assists so far. Um, yeah, okay. Let's look at Leicester. I mean, surprisingly, uh, Brendan Rodgers hasn't made a lot about their, their injury problems this season, Craig. And they have had quite a few injury problems. But do you think, I mean, is there still time for the Leicester fade a la every season? Um, is there still time? Yeah, probably. Um, this game is pivotal then, isn't it? It is. It is, no doubt. Uh, because, like you say, you know, it's a, it's a top-of-the-table clash uh, or, you know, one of the top teams up there. Um, and, and it's important to gauge uh, where, where Leicester are at as well. You, you brought up the injuries. They've, they've suffered that throughout the course of the season without making big noise about it. I mean, you've seen bigger teams make noise about injuries and, and, and Leicester have just gone around. Uh, yeah, see that smile, there. <laughs> I've seen, um, <clears throat> you just see Leicester just going about their business and doing what they can. Um, now, you know, they, they come in, in the Iniacho's in, a rich vein of form. Yeah. Uh, Vardy's fit. Um, I'm not sure if Madison, Madison could be back fit actually, uh, but, but Harvey Barnes will be a big miss uh, for them. Still, yeah. But they, they always manage to find a way. Um, whatever it is, there's, there, there's decent depth in that squad. And um, yeah, I mean, don't be surprised if, if Leicester, I mean, you talk about the fade. Um, don't be surprised if they, they manage to continue uh, their form and finish in the Champions League positions because um, you know, it, it's come at a time where the injuries that you talked about, it's all, all the players have come back uh, and they can finish strongly. That burnout usually would have happened in uh, about four, four weeks ago, I think, uh, but it hasn't. And um, I think, I think they'll just about sneak into, into those Champions League positions. All right. Who do you fancy, Des, for this one? Leicester or West Ham or Leicester? Uh, well, I, I thought um, West Ham had signed Lionel, Lionel Messi Lingard. Not uh, <laughs> <laughs> what heck has happened to him? Did you see him for the second goal against? Yeah, Wolf? yeah, brilliant, phenomenal. Uh, there was that game. Was it Gago for against Man United for Real Madrid in the in late nineties, where Gago did something similar to Lingard? I just don't believe him. Whatever he's on, I'd love some <laughs> um, <laughs> mashing eels. <laughs> However, I, I, I do think Leicester um, will be motivated to, to go forward. Um, Rodgers has, has, has played his pack wonderfully. They've got the little ambition of a FA Cup semi-final and a potential final as well, with the uh, router being Southampton. They won't be in their minds, but possibly will be in Brendan Rodgers' minds. And they've, they've proved me wrong, as of West Ham, actually. Uh, if you'd ask me for money, um, of Leicester and West Ham being in the top four, uh, 30 games gone at the start of the season, even midway through the season, I'd be a poor man. Um, (laughs) I I like Leicester. I I like the way they play the game. I'm still not thrilled by West Ham. I still think they're a a little bit of a take it on the chin and and hit on the break. But I I like Leicester. They play it in, in the right manner. So from a footballing perspective, love Leicester to do well. From a Liverpool perspective, we need West Ham to drop off the pace. (laughs) Who knew he'd be viewing them with red glasses on All right, final break Stick with us Uh, Tottenham Man United next Lovely football Speed of that passenger play Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9 A two goal lead A picture for goal And that should be job done Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9 
And we're back. There's Bob and Craig looking forward to Tottenham in sixth, Manchester United in second, Sunday, 11.30pm. Uh, on the 4th of October, Bob, when Spurs went to Old Trafford and won 6-1, Jose Mourinho said after the match that he was extremely pleased with the squad that he had inherited. And then we, we rewind back seven days to when he said, when he was asked after how his team were, couldn't hold on to Leeds anymore, he said, same manager, different players, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical. Uh, yeah, well, it isn't going to be a 6-1 uh, for sure, is it? This, this. I mean, uh, it's hard to believe that Spurs were actually top of the league at uh, one stage, and we were talking about Mourinho, can he do it again? You know, can he sneak another trophy here and all that? Because he seems to have not entirely lost the dressing room, but I think they are having grave doubts about him, put it like that. And um, they've they've stopped the rot a little bit with that, that win uh, the other week, and then they go and concede against Newcastle. So they're still a sort of up and down team. You wouldn't like to put much money on them. But as far as United are concerned, I think you've got to look at it that Jesse Lingard has probably saved them a hundred million quid. They don't need <laughs> Haaland. Would, you know, Ed Woodward doesn't, he can put the checkbook back in his pocket. Lingard just goes back to Old Trafford. I mean, does he need David Moyes as his manager? That's the question. No, it is, it is remarkable. But um, without Lingard, they are still lacking up front, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, in all seriousness, whether Lingard returning will be enough, uh, because I think they need another. Uh, I mean, hopefully for their sake, Lingard will come back and improve player, whatever has happened to him at West Ham. But even even if he does, they still, I think, need another striker. Yeah. Um, Mason Greenwood hasn't really come on like we expected, like he looked as if he was going to. Um, he's, he's only scored a couple of goals all season in the league. And that's a bit of a disappointing uh, total because we were talking, I mean, he, he made the England side, didn't he? We were thinking he was going to be one of the hot strikers at the Euros, but um, he's not come on. And uh, without Fernandes, I don't know where United would be. I mean, he, he got them out of a, a little bit of a hole uh, last night in Granada with that penalty, although he was very fortunate the, the goalkeeper should have saved it. But uh, without him, um, United would be looking at a very different season. So uh, this one, very, very hard to call. I think, I think I would go with Mourinho actually scraping a one nil or something here. Okay. Craig, if, if Man United play like they, they did against Granada in Andalusia against Tottenham, then yeah, Jose Mourinho Spurs will win this hands down. Yeah, um, because it, uh, yes, the last night uh, frankly uh, just wasn't good enough um, yeah. from United's perspective. And I, and I, to be fair, I, I've been saying this for a while. Just seeing games through, um, United aren't playing well um, as a whole. You know, you go back to last. Is night, it because of a lack of a front man? Um, I think that has something to do with it. I think Bob's, Bob's right. You know, you know, if we're going to throw money this summer uh, and invest into the squad, 
it has to be um, one of two, um, and that's Harry Kane or, or Erling Haaland. Um, you I'll know, take there's, Mbappe there's no... as well, I'll, just as a third choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, no, no team in the world will say no to him. But uh, I mean, you really, you look at United and you really want that out and out striker. You know, someone that will will guarantee you those kind of goals. Yeah. Um, and and, I, and for me, uh, in, in the world of football, you know, there's there's none better than those two. Um, so, yeah, I, I would go all out. In terms of Greenwood, you know, I mean, he's played out on the wing 95% of the time, you know. It's only the last few matches when there's no Martial, there's no Cavani, you know, that he's played up front. Um, and, and, yes, he has been in and out of the side. He hasn't had an explosive season like he has uh, last season when he, he burst on. Um, but you know, we all forget he's only 19 years old. Um, and, you know, he's playing out of position on the wing. Um, it's not his favourite position. Can play there. It's not his favourite position. But, um, you know, it, it, there's still a lot of work to be done with him and the talent's there. Uh, but a lot more work needs to be done. Um, United need to buck up. Um, this is the business end of the season. Um, they've already gone out of the FA Cup, which was very disappointing. Um, and, you know, they've still got some big games ahead of them in the league. Yeah, you know, in the league alone, you know, yeah. they, you know, start with Spurs, obviously Liverpool to play as well. Um, so it's a, it's a very very big period for United, and and you know they expected to win a trophy, so they have to go all out in the Europa League as well. Um, it's going to be an interesting few months for Ole. He needs to pull it out of the bag. He needs to get this team playing um, as soon as possible. All right, Des, who'd you fancy on Sunday, Ole, uh, Jose or Ole? Well, for once, for once, we need Man United to do us a favour. So I reckon uh, United <laughs> will turn over and have their tickles. T- uh, t- tummies tickled by Jose Mourinho. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with the with both the guys on this. I cannot work out Tottenham. I just cannot work them out. Uh, other than the fact they are massively, massively underachieving. They should be doing better. They've got a strike force. Not only Son and Kane, but um, and Dembele. I, I, I um, sorry, not and Dembele. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, in, in the centre midfield. Yeah. I love him. Love him. Uh, Suzoko is powerful. I think they've got strong defenders, and I just cannot work out how Jose or the group of players have managed to get it so wrong because they were contenders at the top of the table. Even now, they could uh, still win a trophy and they still could get in the Champions League, but they've got to start producing it now. United, I need you to scrape through, please. We really (laughs) do need you to scrape through because West Ham and Tottenham uh, and Chelsea all need to stumble. So those horrible Londoners, United, do us a favour. Northern spirit, Northern pride. Let's get it together. (laughs) Amazingly, Man United have uh, this unbeaten away record still going this it's season. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> I had to double check that. You put that in the stats and I, what? Um, yeah. <laughs> nine, nine wins, six draws on the road. So half past 11, that one kicks off on Sunday. Tottenham in sixth, Manchester United in second. Right, before we go, we'll tell you about the Friday night match. It's a big one as well. It's a 3 a.m. kickoff on Saturday. Fulham in 18th against Wolves in 14th. Um, When interviewed, I saw his recent interview, uh, Parker, Scott Parker, Bob, and he said, yeah, look, every game's a must-win. Last game was a must-win. The game before was a must-win. Next one and the next one. And he sounds like a Malaysian football manager, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But this this one is massive for Fulham. He's right, though, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, you come up with a with a side like that from the uh, championship 
um, you scrape up by the uh, the playoffs and the and the final, and uh, you found out very early on. Uh, they uh, revamped the side f- fairly successfully. Every single game is a must-win game or a, a <laughs> must-get points from game. Anyway, put it like that. But uh, games are running out now. And this is at home against Wolves. They'll be saying this is really, really, really is a must-win game. <laughs> because Wolves, Just this Wolves are no Just this. great shakes. This, they're going to they're gonna see three points here. Um, being offered, uh, not on a plate, but Wolves are not the same team they were last season. They're not the same team they've been for two or three years. And uh, they're, they're in the middle of the table. They're, they're not going to go down. They're not going to get into Europe. They haven't really got a lot to play for um, for the rest of the season. So they, they could be there for the taking. Scott Parker will definitely say to his players that, that they're a uh, goals in this because Wolves defense has been a bit shaky and he's he's, uh, reintroduced Mitrovic after his uh, five goals in three games for Serbia in international break and one of them was an absolute perler uh, worthy of Messi or Jesse Lingard and he scored last week and and yeah and uh, so I mean he he could theoretically he he could get the goals to keep them up um, so I'm glad he's back in, in the squad. He's the only guy that really consistently can score. So I would say Fulham have got a very good chance here. Okay. Um, do, we, do we all feel like that, Craig? Do you, you, Fulham or Wolves? Fulham for me. And, and Des? Well, Fulham are on a, a run of only two wins and eight, and one of them was against Liverpool at Anfield, so that doesn't count. Um, so <laughs> so, so I, f- I feel they've gone off the boil. We're, we're, we're talking them up. They're so no good at they, home. They're no good at they, home. And they really struggle scoring goals. And, um, and uh, uh, Wolves, as, as Bob said, they're not quite safe. Nearly safe. Not quite safe. So they've still got a little bit something to play. No, I, I think Fulham might struggle here. All right. Uh, we... Out of time, just didn't have time to talk about Burnley, Newcastle, but you'll thank us for That's that one. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sheffield United versus Arsenal, possible upset there. Anyone think so? Can't no. well, Arsenal, Arsenal Can't going forward. Is that the answer? <laughs> <laughs> right. That that's it. That's all the time we have. Hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Do check out our chat on El Clasico at TFIF on video. For now, I say thanks to Des Corkill. Don't forget Malaysian football, although another Malaysian coach was arrested this week. UITM's Frank Van Hart, Johor, still top of the table. Uh, good um, words of merit for PJ City. We all expect them to go down without any, local, uh, without any foreign players. They're more than holding their own. And, and Bob obviously wants to just big up Kuta, don't you, Bob? Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and thank you, Craig Marias. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On the Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.